This message was presented at the GYC 2014 conference at the Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Alrighty, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. We're going to go ahead and get started. It's 9:02. My computer is telling me, and so we want to begin because I believe that this seminar concludes at 9:50. Um, and there'll be a second seminar called Unplugged here, also regarding technology at 10 o'clock. You're more than welcome to stay, um, but there'll just be two seminars um, on that. And we wanted to let you know that the two seminars happening this afternoon in this room, we're going to be on science, but those won't be hap- happening. So those were canceled, um, but it'll resume with Justin Kim uh, tomorrow. And our entire series of seminars is called Cross and Society, and we are trying to think of different values that the world has that are in opposition to or don't mesh with the values of the cross. And we came up with three of them, technology, we came up with science and competition. And again, the science uh, uh, topic will not be uh, addressed because the presenter could not make it, but we'll spend the next couple of hours talking about technology. And I'm assuming that you're here because uh, uh, we know and appreciate technology. It's a part of our everyday life, and we daily interact with it. And so we want to um, uh, have a conversation and discussion about technology, and um, we want to go ahead and ask God to be with us and guide us during our discussion. So let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I thank you so much for being an awesome, almighty, powerful God. Lord, you established this planet and we are eternally grateful for the opportunity to to live, the opportunity to know you. And God, I believe that we're not going to be here much longer, um, but Lord, we're here. We're stuck. We can't go anywhere. And there are certain aspects, God, of this world that that are just a part of, of life and we want to know how to use them for your honor and glory, how to use them wisely. And forgive us, Father, for not always doing that. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would just guide this time. God, I pray that the words that are shared be your words and that our hearts would be open and prepared to listen to you. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 So, as I mentioned on stage, I think we all can agree that uh, we live in a world, 2015. Happy New Year, everyone. Did anyone stay up till midnight? No? A few people? All right. Um, at the age, I'm young, I'm only 27, but uh, by now, the appeal of staying up until midnight has kind of uh, waned. Um, but uh, yeah, Happy New Year. 2015, um, we're living in a really an unprecedented time of life. And what I mean by that is we've really, in a lot of different ways, never been at the spot that we've been in in culture and society. Technology is a huge part of everything we do. Computer chips are everywhere. I'm amazed when I get in cars that every single new car there is, you can plug into Bluetooth. There is so much, um, you know, uh, uh, wires going in and out of the car. It's it's amazing. Um, You talk about houses. You know, smart houses are becoming not just uh, a fantasy, becoming a reality in, in, in many people's homes and lives and becoming less expensive. Everywhere there is technology computers. I've I'm a youth pastor in Southern California, and I tell my uh, youth all the time that one of the best 
uh, and I shouldn't say best, but a promising career if you're a young person and you want to use your talents for God's honor and glory is, is uh, computers, software engineering, computer uh, work, because that's a, a, just a huge part of everything we do. And, and I, at first, when I, you know, as, as technology became greater and you're looking at it, you think, man, it's, you know, do we, do we want it? You know, there's so many good things about, you know, I grew up on 11 acres in Tennessee and, uh, you know, going out by the creek and catching crawdads, you know, and playing in the mud. Uh, you know, it seems like that doesn't happen anymore. You know, you see these kids um, playing on, uh, you know, their phones. I have a little two-and-a-half-year-old uh, nephew. His name is Rowan. And Rowan already, all right, he can barely talk. He's learning words. But he can easily open up the, you know, as his mom's uh, smartphone and access pictures. And there's one educational game she lets him play. And, and that's where, you know, our, our young people are at. And, and at first, I asked myself, man, is, is, it a, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And it seems like, you know, we're kind of caught in the middle. Like, we know, okay, we're not going anywhere with it. I mean, we're living in a hyperlinked life. Uh, technology is everywhere. And so we know we can't go anywhere with it, and we, we see the, the good things about it, but we also see some negative aspects. I mean, how many of us have been with a group of friends, and you look around, and everyone is on their smartphone. It's like, wait a second, you're supposed to come together to talk to each other, right? I, um, just in the last couple of times that I've flown, I was fascinating watching people. And if you ever want to uh, just look at society and culture, man, when you're flying, go to the lobby, and I, I would say 90% of everyone sitting in their seats is on a, a, a smartphone or a tablet or, or some piece of technology. And so our faces are glued into the screen, and, and man, is that... Is that life? You know, is that really human connection? So, so we miss some of those pieces. But then at the same time, there's all these powerful, amazing aspects of technology. So we want to be talking about some of those. And, and I want to start out um, just with a little survey. Uh, how many of you uh, own a cell phone? Just a, a plain cell phone, all right? All right? Okay, I think uh, probably 99% here, okay? How many of you own a smartphone? Okay, about uh, 88, 89, maybe 95%. Okay, you can put your hands down. Well, um, I was amazed by this, uh, this uh, statistic, but there are almost as many cell phone subscriptions as there are people on earth. 6.8 billion people own and have a cell phone. I mean, that's phenomenal when you think about the... Uh, geography of our world and where some people live out in the middle of the jungle. I saw an article in National Geographic about these nomads in Mongolia who live a very nomad lifestyle, who are on their horses, no electricity, they're out in the middle of the no nowhere, and each of them have a cell phone. They're able to, each night they have a little solar pow power panel that they pull out and is attached to batteries, and somehow they have a cell phone. 6.8. That's phenomenal. Uh, we've never been at that place in time. And there's also 1.75 billion smartphone users. One in every seven people in the entire world. Uh, I was telling this uh, brother here that I did a survey among my youth. And it was a Sabbath. We had a number of youth. Uh, uh, usually we have about 10 to 15 that are there each Sabbath. But I think we had 25 young people in my room that Sabbath. And out of those 25 uh, 24 of them, all right, these are all high school age kids, um, owned a smartphone. Um, I was like, man, you know, I, I, again, I'm young, 27, 
um, but I didn't have a smart or a phone, I should say, until I was in college, you know, and, and, um, and so we're just, it's, it's a different world that we're living in, it's a different world. Uh, we're connected like never before, and yet at the same time, we're alone. Uh, we have friends on Facebook, you know, we have followers on Twitter, we, I'm amazed uh, at, uh, especially, I work with junior high uh, young people, um, and Instagram, you know, is a popular, popular thing, and, and how many followers can you get? There's, I was talking uh, to uh, one uh, uh, young person, his name is Ryan, um, he's in middle school, and popular kid, and everyone, there was a little group, and they were talking about how he had um, a thousand followers on Instagram, you know, uh, pretty cool, you know, and what does that even mean, you know, these people you don't even know, you've never met them entire life, and yet they're your followers, and the moment that little ding notification comes up, you look at it, ooh, you know, uh, they, they liked my picture, so again, this tension between the two, it's amazing what this device can be. This device combines, and this is just a small, uh, uh, small, small uh, picture of what really this device has, but it's a road atlas, all right? You guys remember the Rand McNally road atlases? All right, I'm going to pick on my brother right here. I'm sorry, he knew I was going to. My brother Jonathan is here, and uh, I'm proud of Jonathan for still not owning a smartphone, all right? Uh, be proud of it, okay? He still has a flip phone. Yeah, yeah. All right, and uh, Jonathan still has in his, uh, his Toyota Corolla a Rant McNally map, you know, and I was looking at it the other day, like, I remember these things. I, we used to travel across the country, and, you know, for us kids, it was a big deal. We'd look at everywhere we were going, Rand McNally n- n- map, a camera, all right, and uh, those that uh, I've heard that some of the new um, Samsung phones uh, have better and stronger cameras than uh, my simple iPhone 4S, um, but it combines a, a, a camera. A telephone, a calculator. Anyone remember the TI-83? Yeah, that was the big thing. We used to try to spell out hello with the numbers. You guys do that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, a scientific calculator, a video camera, all right? Um, You know, those clunky things that your dad used to uh, hold around and follow you everywhere? Video camera, dictionary. The amount of information that is on this phone is phenomenal. The amount of words. You know, praise God for the LNY app. Anyone? That's my favorite app, all right? I, um, I, I would say the Bible is my favorite app, but I probably spend more time um, in the book itself, the Bible. I, I like turning the pages, et cetera. But when it comes to reading Spirit of Prophecy, man, I love, love that app. Um, so the dictionary, there's a flashlight in there. You can't use it to hit anyone over the head, but you could try. Um, it's like a brick. Um, uh, CD player. You guys remember a CD player? Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> wasn't that long ago, but maybe it was. Um, you know, the other day, we, uh, my wife and I um, got a CD for, for Christmas, and, you know, uh, the computer that we have doesn't have a CD-ROM drive anymore. You know, it's all uh, on the cloud, and so it's like, what do we play this on? You know, oh, yeah, our car has a CD player. So, you know, there's, there's a, even that is, is waning. But uh, this is a music player. The iPhone's a music player. The iPhone is my bank, all right? The world has condensed an entire building into this, all right? It's phenomenal. Um, Bank of America, you know, take a picture of your uh, check, and uh, man, it's uh, deposited, phenomenal. Uh, All of that in this little device here. And so again, wow, amazing. And, 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 you know, as I mentioned earlier, what we're doing is unprecedented. This is a blog, a 
writer by the name of Allison Tate, and she's specifically talking about parenting, all right? Uh, so parents out there, maybe you came because you said, you know what? My young person, my child is constantly looking at this screen. I don't know what to do, all right? She, in this article, struggled with the same thing. She writes, what we're doing is unprecedented. Parenting with technology is unprecedented. No one's really talked about this. There hasn't been a lot of studies uh, done on parenting with a whole lot of technology. This has really only been in the last couple of years, all right? I got my smartphone in 2012. That was kind of on the latter end when people started getting them, but really only in the last three years, and even less than that, has this become a big deal. I mean, these days, everyone has one of these. What we're doing is unprecedented. No study yet knows exactly what this I childhood, she calls it, will look like when our children are full-grown people. Living in a, in a brand new world. Notice this from Barna Group. In the next 24 hours, humans will text 188 billion times. Wow. They'll send 144 billion emails. They'll Google 4.7 billion times. They'll download 30 million apps. They'll Skype for 2 billion minutes, write 2.1 million blog posts, and tweet 400 million times. Within a 24-hour span, human beings on planet Earth. We live in a hyper-linked life. Notice this. On average, people reach for their phone 150 times a day. And there's actually, there's apps that you can get that count how many times you open up your smartphone. Um, but I found myself, like, driving in the car, and it has to be right there on the seat, you know? And if it's behind in the seat, it's, oh, you, you know, there's, there's anxiety there. It's, oh, you know, I, I want to make sure I always, there's been times when I've left this, all right? Um, uh, my wife knows that forgetfulness is a, a part of my nature, unfortunately, and I've left this at home or at the church, and you know, I remember one time recently I was driving home from the church I was working at. It's about a 30-minute drive home, and I didn't have my smartphone. Or I, I take it back. It was, it was completely dead, and my charger I wasn't in the car. And I remember just sitting, because usually, you know, like, I'm, you know, I'm listening to a sermon, or I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, have, have the radio playing, or I'm, you know, I have my uh, headset that I'm talking to someone on the phone. I'm constantly doing something, and I didn't have anything to do. And I just, I felt almost empty. And, and, and I realized, and that was one of the points where I started really, man, this is, this is, this is, this is dangerous. Um, well, what is this becoming in my life? Is this becoming something uh, that God doesn't want it to be? Um, and again, we go back to the positive. I mean, there's so many religious things that we use it for. Uh, notice this study here. The top four ways that millennials, um, which is 18 to 29. Any millennials here? 18 to 29? All right. Um, I'm a millennial. Top four ways millennials are integrating technology and faith. Number one, 70% of practicing Christian millennials read scripture on a cell phone or on the internet. Um, and we could apply that at Seventh Avenue to spirit of prophecy. Uh, number two. Uh, 56% of practicing Christian millennials check out a church, temple, or synagogue website. Um, you know, I, I, we get people at our church, the Fallbrook 7th Adventist Church. Um, hey, how, how'd you hear about it? Well, I was visiting. Oh, cool, you're in Adventist. Yeah, I'm from such and such a place. Oh, how'd you find it? Well, I looked on Google, right? I mean, we Google absolutely everything, all right? Don't we? How many times have you been in a circle of friends and you're debating 
a topic, you know, and there's different sides, and it comes down to the point where someone whips out their smartphone and says, let's solve it, you know, and, and let's ask Google, right? Uh, let's ask Siri, and, and, you know, you look it up, and, man, everything, you know, um, even in preparing for this, I was, uh, I forgot exactly what question I was typing, but now when you type in a question to Google, almost every question gives you uh, the, the answer in large letters, you know, um, and it pulls it usually from Wikipedia or something along those lines. And, 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 and you know, it happens all the time. How, how many of us have, you know, um, looked up on Yelp, right? Uh, praise the Lord for Yelp. Looked at restaurants, right? We were in um, uh, Vancouver, Washington over Thanksgiving visiting my wife's family. Um, and, uh, you know, we looked up a restaurant um, on, on Yelp and you know, you look at how many reviews, all right, 700 people have reviewed this, it's got to be a good restaurant, you know, we look for a cool vegan place or whatever, and, and uh, we use our phones all the time. Um, number three, 54% practicing Christian millennials watch online videos about faith or spirituality, all right, uh, and again, we could com- talk about Audioverse, all right, how many of you have heard about Audioverse, okay, praise God for that ministry. There's actually a new ministry um, called Palimony Media. I encourage you to go to the exhibit hall and check it out, Palomone Media. And it's similar to Audioverse. Um, The founder uh, used to work with Audioverse, and he wanted to start a website in ministry um, that was a little more video-based. And so there's a lot more sermons on there. There's going to be, it's in the beginning stages, but uh, it's a little more uh, video-based in regards to sermons um, rather than audio. Palomone Media. Um, Number four. Uh, 59% practicing Christian millennials search for spiritual content online. I thought this statistic was interesting. How many millennials are donating? Millennials, 39% of practicing Christian millennials donate to a church or faith organization online or at least once a month. How many of you do your online giving at AdventistGiving.org? Anyone? All right, fewer than I thought. Maybe we should talk about tithe here. Right? That's probably... A- Probably a good thing, all right? Young people, you should start tithing, okay? I, uh, even your birthday money, whatever you get. Um, but yeah, I, that's how I give, give my money. Go online. It's already set up with my, my uh, bank and uh, my checking account, and it's easy. You know, every time that um, I get uh, my check from my conference office each, uh, every two weeks, go online, make sure, you know, I have my 10%, have my church budget amount, plug it in, and, and it's done. Um, that's what they're talking about. Um, I thought this was interesting, how millennials listen to the pulpit. Millennials who search to verify something a faith leader or church leader has said. 38% of practicing Christian millennials. Have you guys ever, and I honestly, I was thinking about that. I, I haven't done that a lot, but has anyone out of Crossley been listening to a sermon? I don't know about that, and you look it up uh, on your phone, yeah? Okay? For a matter of maybe even a verse, um, um, you know, we have our, our phones out all the time, it seems. Um, Here's more uh, uh, statistics. Uh, practicing Christians who have donated to a nonprofit organization via text. You can text, you know, they'll give you a little number at text and, you know, you can donate that way. Uh, Christians who have blogged or posted comments about spirituality, 44% of millennials. Uh, Christians who have engaged in online conversation about spirituality, 41% millennials. Uh, don't raise your hands, but how many of you guys have been in a vibrant spiritual discussion on Facebook? Yeah? Man, mercy, I stay out of those, I'll, I'll be honest. Those things uh, can get heated quickly, and uh, you get all these different comments going uh, either way. Oh, thank you so much. Um, notice this here. 
if forced to choose, uh, basically we'll say if, if forced to choose, two-thirds of college students would uh, uh, choose an internet connection instead of a car. Wow. I thought that was interesting. Uh, two-thirds of college students said, you know what, would you rather have a car or internet, Wi-Fi? Man, Wi-Fi, each time. All right, let's try it here. How many of you guys, right hand if you would prefer a car? Left hand if you prefer internet? Yeah, no shame, okay. All righty. There we go. About, about the, well, it's probably switched. Two-thirds wanted the car here. Maybe that reflects our uh, age. All right, notice these statistics. I check my phone first thing in the morning. All right, how many of you guys, first thing you wake up, it's right there at the bed, you check it. Millennials, 56%, all adults, 40%. So 16% higher in that young adult category. When a text message comes in, I usually stop what I'm doing to check and respond. Yeah? 42% of millennials, all adults, 36%. But then notice this, because millennials are also honest. When asked these questions by, by Barna Group, saying, do you think your personal electronics separate you from other people? Half. Said, you, you know what, I think they do. Wow. And that was interesting to me, because are these devices that have so many positive things, like we talked about, Wow. You know, amazing what God can do through this. Amazing the people that can be reached. It is written. Voice of prophecy. Amazing facts. Use technology. Praise God. But on a, also a, a daily basis for each one of us, is it causing strains in relationships? I thought that this uh, was interesting. Psychology Today wrote about this. You know that there's a, a fear of being disconnected from our phones. It's called nomophobia. Nomophone. All right? Seriously, that's, what, that's how they came with it. Yeah, nomophone. All right? Nomophobia. All right? that, uh, it was just coined uh, in 2010. Notice what Psychology Today said. Nomophobia is a term describing a growing fear in today's world. The fear of being without a mobile device. Among today's high school and college students, it is on the rise an increasing number of college students now shower with their cell phone. I don't know how that's possible, because my iPhone, uh, I didn't really understand that one. I'm not going to ask, all right? But um, that's what it says, all right? Um, a growing number, all right, um, a percent is what that's supposed to say, a text or tweet instead of actually talking to other people, all right? Um, and I know that... Uh, takes place a lot. It's a lot easier to send a text. You know, it's a lot easier to, hey, we're going to go do this. And that way the person can respond when they want to. That way they can have time to think about the decision. But is it also affecting the way that we converse? Is it affecting the way that we deal with conflict? Uh, the term was coined in 2010 in a UK study that found that nearly 53% of mobile phone users tend to be anxious when they lose their mobile phone, run out of battery, or have no network coverage. Kind of like what I was talking about earlier, right? Didn't have my phone. Hey, where is it? I use it so much. And are we becoming so glued to these devices, is it starting to become dangerous? 
Is it starting to pull away from our relationships with people? Is it starting to pull away from our relationship with God? And that is really what I started realizing in, in my own self. Um, I praise God that uh, my wife um, is, as I'm going to call you out here, babe, uh, but is not as technological as I am, all right? Um, she, uh, she does not need and does not appreciate technology. And I shouldn't say appreciate, she appreciates it, but, but I am constantly on my phone, all right? Uh, when we were dating, all right, uh, my wife would remind me, you know, uh, hey, don't forget about me. You know, when we're together, we're walking. Uh, I remember going on a hike in Loma Linda. You know, I'm on my phone checking something. It's like, hey, we're walking together. Like, talk to me, right? Um, and, you know, I, I, I began to notice that. You know, I, I started to notice that uh, when, I was, when I was bored or, or, or I didn't have something to do, that my first reaction, go to my phone. You know, uh, I checked Facebook earlier that day, but suddenly you check it again, or you check the Instagram or Twitter. Um, I, I noticed that, uh, that when things started to get challenging, perhaps at, at work, let's say that I had a difficult email to write, or um, I had you know, a difficult uh, sermon uh, to attend to or something, I was about to do something really tough, my first reaction, well, I can do that later. And, and, and you know, I'm going to do this real quick. And you start reading blogs. Well, I'm, you know, I'm... I'm, I'm reading spiritual blogs. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm reading good things. But then it just sucks up time and time and time. And, and I started realizing that it was taking away from my relationship with God. And that is, that's really what began to frighten me. Um, and as, as I look at smartphones, as I look at the internet, as I look at social media, uh, as we mentioned, there's a lot of great things. Um, but I also think there's some things that we need to be aware of. There's some things that are unhealthy that we need to talk about and say, you know what? This is not good. This is, this is destroying our friendships. This is getting in the way. And the thing is that's frustrating is that it's, it's you know, we, we want to hold on. It's like, well, there's that, that good part of it. You know, but then at the same time, there's not an... And, and the dangerous part, I believe, is that you can get so sucked into this and so caught up into it that you don't even realize it. And before long, before long, your productivity way down. Before long, you realize you've wasted three hours looking at Facebook. Like, what did I just do? You know, and, and it happens so quickly. Um, and, and, and I want to talk about, um, just in the remaining half of this seminar um, about some of those negative aspects that I have seen. Um, as I've looked at um, people in church, as I've seen my young people, um, as I've looked at uh, my own walk with God in my own life, um, and talk about some of those things. Because what we're going to do in the second seminar, Unplugged, is we're going to be looking more at how do we become Unplugged. How, how, do we, how do we really become good stewards of technology? You know, and for the longest time, the church has talked about that we need to become good stewards of three things. All right, we're going to be talking about those. We're going um, we to be good stewards of our talent, right? There's the parable of the talents. We know that. We need to be good stewards of our money, our treasure. There's the three T's, all right? Time, or excuse me, uh, talent, treasure, and time. Talent, treasure, and time. Um, our, our gifts, what we do. 
our, our money, our treasure, and also our time. But I believe that as we go into 2015, that as churches, as young people especially, because you guys are phenomenally techno- uh, technologically savvy. I mean, uh, you know, how many times your grandma or mom come up to you and said, hey, can you do this for me? You know, um, I remember not too long ago that my mom didn't know how to send a, a picture over email. Remember, John? That wasn't too long ago. Um, and to us, you know, it's like, it's so simple, you know, you just click this. You know, we've grown up with it, right? Um, and so, you know, it, it's a part of us, and, and, and there's a lot of good things, but, but we need to be having these conversations. How do we become good stewards of technology? How do we manage well? How do we use technology with effectiveness and purpose? And so what I want to do for the next minute, few minutes is, is, is talk about some of those, um, those uh, negative effects that I have seen. And we're going to be talking about, about two of them. And, you know, I originally had, had a list of about, about 10, about 10 different negative effects. But as I started going through them, I started realizing, wait a second, these are basically the same, yeah, that's the same, that's the same. And so I was able to lump them down, in, in my mind, two of the greatest Negative effects from technology are with relationships and with time and productivity. And to me, those are just the symptoms. And I think there's an underlying cause that we're going to talk about. And then even below the underlying cause is really what we need to do, all right? Um, And I did a a very informal um, uh, survey on on Twitter. I don't use Twitter very often. Any Twitter users in here... um, a few. To me, it's very difficult to uh, come up with a short, pithy statement in 140 characters or less. Um, I'm not very good at that. Um, but uh, there are people that are, and people use it. It's amazing, uh, you know, uh, how, what news you can get. You know, there's a news, uh, something happening, you know, and instantly people are, are telling you about it. Um, we've, never, we've never received information like that before. You know, before, it was through newspapers, through television, and we had to wait for the information to get to us, but now we have instant information. And not only that, but it's personalized. Before, information was for the masses, for the, the, the consumers, for everyone. But now through RSS feeds and, you know, there's apps that you can choose exactly what articles you want to read, etc. Um, you know, it's never been like that before. Um, and so in this uh, Twitter survey that I did, as I asked, I just asked, you know, hey, what do you see? What are the pros and cons of technology? Like, um, and everything that every person said boiled down to one of these two things. Um, and so I want to talk for a, a minute here about, about relationships. And, the, you know, the question that I have is, is are, are we really present to what is happening around us? Um, are, are, we really, are we really there? Um, because how many times have, you know, someone around you say, hey, put down your phone. You know, um, we're there with a group of people. Um, and the, the, the smartphone almost becomes kind of a way of escape. Like if the conversation gets awkward, you know, um, if, you know, you, you're bored, if you just want to leave, you know, how many times... Have you put the phone up to your ear and started walking away and you didn't have a phone call? Yeah? You guys ever done that? Be honest, all right? Um, you know, or you look down and pretend like you're texting someone, but you're not, you know? Because um, it's a way to, to get out of there, right? Um, 
And so the, these phones, you know, are, are, are taking us away from people. And at the heart of the gospel, at the heart of, of Scripture, is people. You look at Scripture from cover to cover, and it's about a God who is wanting to get with His people. He's wanting to have, ironically, FaceTime with His people. Right? He's, he's, he's wanting that. In the very beginning, He had that face-to-face interaction with Adam and Eve. At the very end of time, the Bible says, Revelation 22.4, that God's people will see Him face-to-face. These bookends, God wants to be with us. He wants to see His face, but sin has separated from that. And so at the heart of the Gospel is God wanting to be with people. And I believe that, that people are plan A. Uh, people are plan A. That God uses people in powerful ways. How many times have, has God let me know something in my life that I need to do? He's let me know what His will is. He's let me know how to make a decision through someone else. Uh, my brother and I appreciate our father. Our, our dad uh, is, a, is a wise man. And how many times has God used my dad to let me know what to do? Right? Praise God for my wife. Right? Um, she... Uh, uh, so many times, all right, um, has said, you know what, hey, what if we try things this way, in a positive way? God has used my wife to help me grow closer to Jesus, amen? He uses people around us. He uses friends. He uses parents. All right? Young people, I know sometimes uh, your parents can be frustrating, all right, but uh, you'll appreciate them later. Um, um, and, 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 and God uses parents. He uses people. And so if this is, is getting in the way of that and is, is causing a disconnect, then we need to ask ourselves, hey, you know, do I need to set my phone aside? Do I need to put my phone down? When I'm in the room, perhaps I'm in, uh, you know, maybe there's a, a spot, maybe in your, in your living room or your kitchen, you know, at home, or if you're a college student, um, you know, perhaps... Uh, after a certain time period, say after 9 p.m. or whatever the case, whenever you're around people, say, you know what, I'm going to intentionally not be on my phone. I'm going to be with a group of people. I'm going to intentionally leave it in the car. I'm going to intentionally leave it at home. Sometimes there's that disconnect and are are we really there? And I think think that part of uh, the reason we need to do this is because a huge part of communication is body language. Right? A huge part of it. Uh, and you can't get that through a text message. Uh, you can't even get that at times through a phone call, right? Um, you know, what do they say, uh, 30, 70, or, or something along those lines, that, that nonverbal communication is almost 70%, 60, 70% of communication that when we're talking and we use our hands and there's facial expressions, and, and that can't come across through this. And, and God knew that, you know, um, you imagine Adam and Eve, you know, in the garden when they first met, if they're on opposite ends and, you know, Adam receives a phone call, hello? You know, no, that wouldn't have been beautiful, right? What made it beautiful is the fact that they saw each other face to face and he says, wow, someone like me, a human being that I can talk to, that I can converse with, humanity. You know, um, I saw this picture and it, it, it really did a number with me. And it has this picture of this boy that has blood wounds. He obviously was injured in something. His mom, maybe his grandma, is holding him 
And there's a bunch of thumbs around this guy. Like. And it says, liking isn't helping. I think that one of the problems, one of these negative effects of technology, as I mentioned, is that it's producing a bunch of clicktivists. Maybe you've heard uh, that term before. Clicktivists. Not an activist, a clicktivist. Well, you know what? I did my duty because on Facebook, I liked that picture of that boy who had cancer, and everyone saw it on my homepage that I liked it. And we kind of pat ourselves on the back, like, I did a good thing today. No, that didn't do anything, right? Look at this picture, same idea. Little image of a boy, doesn't have a leg, sitting there on a hospital bed with a bunch of thumbs up around him. Liking isn't helping. And I think one of the problems with technology is the fact that it is removing us from reality. It's removing us from actually being present and being there. Notice, um, notice uh, this individual. Uh, she wrote a really powerful letter to her boys. Um, and I want to say one thing before I forget. You know, as I was doing the research for this, um, it's amazing the amount of articles that have come out on technology and how it affects us in 2014. You start looking for these articles in 2013, 2012, 2011, they're not there. But I, have all, I, I collect these articles, all right? If you ever have one, I'll give you my email, send them to me, all right? I have a list of articles that have to do with technology and how it's affecting us in 2014. And the reason why is because people are realizing it. Never before have, have, have this been causing such an issue because we haven't had this problem and people are coming to their senses and saying, you know, there's an issue. There's an issue when my little boy is spending every waking moment playing video games or on his phone or he immediately when he wants uh, something to do if he's bored, doesn't go outside and play, but he immediately goes to my tablet. That's a problem. People are realizing that. And in this uh, specific blog, she writes a letter to her boys. It's called A Letter to My Boys. Powerful letter. And I want to read uh, something specific to you. What she's, she's talking to her boys. And, and basically the, the point of it is she says, listen, boys, the reason that I'm limiting your screen time. All right? She only gives them, you know, I don't know, a small amount of screen time you know, each, each day. She says, the reason I'm limiting is because I want to see you face to face. I want to be with you. Notice what she says. She says, I want you to grow up knowing the world doesn't revolve around you. Amen? Amen. One day your wife will thank me. All right? She says, I want you to learn to give selflessly of yourself, to give away your time, your talents, your treasures. If I distract you with electronics when you should be cheering for your brother, well, I'm simply telling you that your happiness is more important than giving your time to someone other than yourself. Wow. Powerful idea in this desperate plea from a mom to her boy saying, listen, your happiness right, is not more important than your brother's over here. Spend time. And, and what caught me is, wow, is that what I'm doing? When I'm on my phone and I'm not engaging with those around me, is this becoming my, my business? Oh, you know, I, 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 I'm busy. I have to do this. My work, my career. You know, I really have to text this person. Do you? Is it becoming more important than those around me? And you know, I'm saying these things and, 
And, and this, is, this is for me. This is, this is challenging. These are things that, that I need to think about and implement into my life. I believe that technology actively affects relationships. There's, there's one, one, uh, one more area that I believe that, that it affects, and that is that of time and productivity. Um, isn't it funny that the device that was supposed to help us to be more productive that actually caused us to possibly be less productive? Um, not, notice uh, these quick uh, statistics. Barner Group said that smartphones have become a distraction. 53% said yes. Smartphones have made me more productive. 47%. Half and half. So it's, I think that's for all of us. It's like at times we're like, yes, I have my calendar that can remind me of things, all right? I have to write things down or I will forget them, all right? I, I have to use this, all right? Um, um, you know, there, there's no way that I'm going to remember if I don't write it down. So, yes, it makes me more productive. But then there's those times that it's like, well, actually it really doesn't. You know, and so it's this tension that, man, is it actually making me more productive? And I thought this was interesting. They asked, were you truly productive yesterday? And 74% said, yes. But then do you wish you could have accomplished more yesterday? Yes. You know, it's like, well, were you really productive or were you not? And just looking at the time here, I, I, so with these negative effects, you know, of, of relationships and time and productivity, um, I really think that in a lot of humanity is becoming less productive. Um, it's not really helping us. I mean, it's helping us in some areas, but in some areas it's not. And at the heart of, of these two issues, where they, they go to, because initially, not a big deal. You know, initially it affects your relationships, it affects a little bit of your time, but I think that at the, the root cause and problem of this is, is an idea found in Genesis 3. So if you have your Bibles, right, take out your smartphones, it's okay, we're talking about it here. All right, uh, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. And because of time, we're not going to read everything here. Um, but I want to read one verse. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, the Bible says this. This is Adam and Eve heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife did what? Hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Adam and Eve hid themselves. When God wanted them to face reality and truth, they escaped. When God said, listen, I want you to deal full on with this problem, to face it, they ran away because it was easier. And I think that in our world today, as I look at myself, I look at the young people in my church that, that there's an increasing problem with something that I heard Nicole Parker, maybe you've heard some of her sermons on Audioverse, termed escapism. Escapism. Um, and it's the idea that, you know what, as human beings, we tend to escape to vis various things. And in the world, we look at other people and they escape to alcohol. They escape to drugs. They escape to sex. They escape to money and power. And we say as Christians, as Seventh Avenue, well, we don't escape to those things. So this is, this is pretty good. 
But I believe that there are, there, there are socially acceptable things that we as Adventists are escaping to. Things that, well, it's really not that, but there's a lot of good things. And I think one of those is technology. I think that when we're bored, when, we, when, when, when uh, there's something difficult that we need to do, if we need to face a conversation, that it's easier to text them. It's easier to be distracted. Well, you know, I don't have to deal with this right now, so I'm just going to get online. I'm going to immerse myself in this, and I'm going to forget about my problems. And you're escaping from truth and reality. And ultimately, ultimately, I think that the, the largest problem with smartphones and technology is the fact that it pulls us away from time with Jesus Christ. And at times it, it brings us to, like the Ellen White app. But I want you to ask yourself, is, is my priority in the morning, if I check my phone first thing in the morning, I would encourage you to ask God to help you to change that. I think that we need to make God a priority. And so that the very first thing that we do in the morning is, you know what, we need to spend time with Jesus. And it's funny because the thing that is supposed to help us even with some of those spiritual things. It's got a Bible app. It's got all, you know, a spirit of prophecy. It's got devotional apps. It can become so easily distracted by them that we need to put it aside and say, God, I want to choose you first. God, I want to abide with you. And these things can so quickly become idols. And let's look at another uh, passage in Scripture here. Psalm 115. Psalm 115. Psalm 113, starting in verse 3. It says, But our God is in heaven. He does whatever He pleases. Isn't that a great verse? God does what He wants, all right? He's in heaven. Let Him do what He wants. Then it says this, verse 4. Their idols, talking about humans, so our. Our idols are silver and gold, the work of whose hands? Men's hands, verse 5, they have mouths, but they don't speak. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. They have noses, but they don't smell. Verse 7, they have hands, but they don't handle. They have feet, but they don't walk. Nor do they mutter through their throat. Wow, idols are not human beings. And I thought about that. Isn't that so similar to technology? We can make technology... And our smartphones are idols where we're connected to this, all right? It's constantly in our pockets. We have to constantly be holding it. And at the one hand, technology has hands and feet and eyes. We can connect all these people. But at the same time, it's not really people. It's not really a person. It doesn't really replace the one-on-one. -on -one. But notice verse 8, because I think verse 8 is powerful and convicting. Verse 8 says, Those who make them, the human beings who make those idols are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. And I think that to me, at the heart of what that is saying, the problem is not that the idols become our objects of worship, which they can be. The problem is that the idols become our identity. They become who we are. And I don't want to be known as someone who's constantly disconnected with society. 
I don't want to be known as someone who's constantly distracted by social media. I don't want to be identified as that person. You know what I want to be identified as? I want to be identified as a child of God. I want to be identified as the disciple of Jesus. And I want to challenge you young people not to throw away technology. All right? There's positive things. All right? But I want you, I think the, the best way to not be distracted by technology is to fall in love with God, to fall in love with Jesus. The best way to not be distracted is to spend time, so much time in scripture and prayer that you can't help but your first reaction go to him in the morning. Those things begin to happen naturally once you establish those habits and discipline in your life. Because technology doesn't have to become those issues we're talking about. It doesn't have to affect our time and productivity. And we're going to be talking more about how that's going to take place. Um, but I wanted to show you today that, that, that we live in a hyperlinked life, that there's issues, there's worries that I have, there's values of technology that are at odds with the values of, of Scripture. And I challenge us to not use technology to something to escape to, but rather use technology as a tool. Because that's all it is. Technology is just a tool to honor and glorify God. Money, just a tool to honor and glorify God. Time, just a tool to honor and glorify God. Our talents, just a tool to honor and glorify God. In and of itself, it's not a bad thing. It's just a device. It just sits there. But it's how we use it. And the Bible says, whatever you do, work at it heartily as working for who? For God and not for man. So why don't we bow our heads for prayer and then we'll have about a eight-minute, seven-minute break and then we'll uh, come, come back. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about something that we, we live with here on planet Earth. And God, right now, we just want to acknowledge and let you know that we don't want this to consume our lives. We want you to consume our lives, Jesus. We, we want you to become everything, to become our all in all. We want to depend upon you, not upon Google. Lord, we want to depend upon you, not our smartphones. We want to be on our knees. We want to engage with people. And so God, we just thank you so much for being a God that's worthy of our worship and praise. And God, we want to make you the one that we bow down to. We love you, and we thank you for this time. In your name, amen. amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2014 conference at The Cross in Phoenix, Arizona. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.